In this episode of Locked On Capitals, your Washington Capitals take down the Nashville Predators by a score of three to nothing. Let's talk about that game next on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and a welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form, so head on over to YouTube and check it out. And when you're on YouTube, make sure and hit that subscribe button. And if you like the videos, give it a thumbs up. It really helps grow the channel. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. So in this edition, we will talk about the Caps win over the Nashville Predators by a score of three to nothing. A really great game and, you know, a game where Darcy Kemper stood on his head and made some great saves. Then later in the show, we will talk about this depleted Capitals team. We already know that they're missing a bunch of players. Now add two more players to the list in TJ Oshie and John Carlson, both out with lower body injuries. What will that mean for this Capitals team? And then we will talk about the impact of the fourth line once again as Beck Malenstein gets on the board here. But just to get it going here, one of the things that the Capitals didn't want to have happen in this game um, ultimately was to face more injuries because we know already there's quite a few injuries on this team. If we look at uh, uh, Nick Backstrom, we take a look at Tom Wilson, you take a look at uh, Connor Brown. Um, so just a lot of injuries on this list on this team already. So then you can add TJ Oshie and John Carlson, both with lower body injuries, not an ideal situation, but that's what the caps are up against. We'll talk a little bit more about that later in the show, but ultimately the big news is the caps get a W and they win by a score of three to nothing. And once again, another game that saw great production by the fourth line, Dowd to Malenstein to start the game one to nothing. So good for Beck Malenstein. He is already uh, paying dividends uh, just based on him being in the lineup. We've seen him show up on the score sheet before, but that fourth line once again is showing up big and it helped the Caps get on the board early. And then Protus, uh, another pleasant surprise you know, kind of really lit up the score sheet or lit up uh, the preseason and he gets on the board. We'll talk a little bit later how he's ultimately not too happy with his production. And then the big thing too is Ovi keeps chipping away at the goals uh, as he gets uh, an empty netter and makes it three to nothing. Uh, Alex Ovechkin is 100 uh, 11 goals until the record, and he is currently sits at 784. The projection on him to hit Wayne Gretzky's record is the 24-25 season. Um, and his projected goals, uh, you can take a look at this online, is 36 goals this year. I do think that that is a very uh, attainable task for him to, to get that goal this year. Uh, 36 goals. My projection for him is to get 52 goals. I know that the athletics projection for him was, I want to say, 47. So for him to get 
uh, 50, you know, 52 for me anyway, I don't think that should be any problem. But according to Google, they have a tracker, the Ovechkin goal tracker, uh, his projected goals for this season is 36. So just good to see Ovi continue to keep chipping away uh, at that uh, total. But this was a game, um, ultimately for me, the big thing about it was, uh, the big thing for me on this one, excuse me, was Darcy Kemper showing up big. He made 34 saves on 34 shots, so you can't ask anything better from him. Uh, there were some high danger shots that he faced, uh, and he overcame those shots, so just good on Darcy for continuing to do what he does best, and that is playing in top form in net there. Um, so we can't ask anything more from him. So this game starting off was one of the games where, you know, the Caps were under pressure immediately. There was a breakaway, and uh, Darcy Kemper had to make a big save just to start the game. So I thought, oh, my gosh, this is going to be another one of those games where they're just going to really throw the kitchen sink at the Capitals. But then all of a sudden, Anthony Mantha made multiple uh, breakaway shots at the net. He didn't ultimately find the back of the net, but Anthony Mantha getting some really great uh, scoring opportunities to start this game. And they were talking about in the game that this is one of the loudest arenas in the NHL. Uh, but the Capitals found a way to kind of keep the Nashville Predator fans quiet as they kind of kind of worked over that team. And it wasn't a blowout. I mean, I know if you look at the score sheet, it was three to nothing. But you have to take into consideration that um, that was one of those was an empty netter. And for a good chunk of the game. They were scoreless. So, um, you know, I, I wouldn't say that the Nashville Predators played horribly. I just think that, you know, it was actually a pretty even duel throughout the game. It's just the Capitals stood tall and they made the most of their opportunities. Uh, you know, the power play uh, working together, the penalty kill, they killed off the last 14. So things are starting to come together a little bit for this team. I don't want to say they're out of the woods and they're going to, you know, continue to win multiple games in a row, but it's just incremental steps, baby steps. And I'm going to take a win of three to nothing any day of the week. I don't care how you have to get there, but three to nothing is a great win. And what it does for me is it, you know, it continues to prove that Darcy Kemper is that number one netminder for the Capitals. I don't think there was any question there, but the questions that the Capitals faced was, were they going to be able to get that same production from Darcy Kemper on the Capitals as, you know, they, on the Colorado Avalanche? Everyone's saying, well, he played that well because of the defense in front of him for the avalanche. But you take a look at him. He has played very well throughout this entire season. You know, not uh, goalies aren't going to be perfect game in and game out, but what we've seen from him so far this year, he has been playing in top form. So the arrows pointing up for Darcy and he kept the capitals in this game. Cause let's be honest, there were some high danger chances uh, in this game today. And if there was a goalie, you know, uh, that was far less in quality and stature. If you took a look at Samsonov or Vanacek um, last season, I don't know if they necessarily would have got the win today. Um, so just big on the Capitals, big on Darcy Kemper for stepping up and playing another uh, big game for the Caps. You look to see Charlie Lingen probably get a start here soon coming up. Uh, just, you know, because you kind of want to kind of keep these guys fresh. You don't want to just keep going with Darcy again and again and again, um, ultimately split up the workload a little bit, because at the end of the day, that is what he's about. He's not used to carrying the bulk of the mail for any of the teams that he's on. All right. So after the break here, we will talk about those injuries to TJ Oshie and John Carlson and what that means for this team. We'll talk about that next. 
BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports, wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. And if you guys want to bet on all the games for the Capitals, you could bet on the next game coming up against the Hurricanes. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Capitals your first listen today. Now make your second listen at Locked On Game to Game. Every moment, every top performance, every result, Locked On Game to Game covers every game across the NHL with a local analysis only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NHL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. In this episode, we are talking about the big win by the Washington Capitals over the Nashville Predators by a score of three to nothing on Saturday night. So just a really great positive moment going forward. I know Nashville always kind of gives the Capitals fits. Um, but so, and you know, this game was no exception either. There were a lot of high danger chances on both sides. It just uh, happens that the Capitals were victorious, victorious in this case. Um, and also that Darcy Kemper uh, once again stood on his head and made some really great saves. He didn't allow one goal. Um, you know, and those, that's what I'm talking about. If that doesn't solidify who Darcy is in net for this Caps team, I don't know what does because there's still people and I get messages on Twitter from time to time. People saying, you know, they went, they spent too much money and Darcy isn't all that. What I've seen from him so far is he is all that, uh, and he continues to play very well for this Capitals team, and that's what we hope for going forward is just uh, more production on that. So in this next segment here, we are going to talk about the bad news of this game. Yes, even in a 3 to nothing win, there is some bad news, and that is John Carlson and TJ Oshie left the game with lower body injuries. Um, and when I was watching the game, I didn't see any apparent hit or anything that that triggered me thinking like, uh-oh, they're, you know, they skated off the ice and they're going to play poor. You know, I guess I just noticed that they weren't out on the ice for quite some time. But anyway, this story here in Washington hockey, now they're talking about TJ Oshie and John Carlson. Both stars suffered lower body injuries in the first period and did not return. Head coach Peter Lavula did not have much to share on their statuses right now. They're both lower body injuries, and we're evaluating them, Lavulette said postgame. And then he went on to say that he praised the guys that stood up because, as you know, if you're missing two big players, TJ Oshie and John Carlson, two huge players, there's going to have to be other guys that step up. In this case, Dmitry Orlov, he praised the team's effort in the wake of the injuries early on. Dmitry Orlov picked up 26 38 uh, on ice time with Carlson out. Darcy Kemper held down the fort, and Beck Malenstein, Alexi Protus, and Alex Ovechkin scored to lead the team to a victory. A lot of additional players were also double shifted. And, you know, a lot of teams under this kind of pressure would have folded and said, you know, this is just too much for us not the Capitals. They found a way to bind together and win. You know, we can talk about a bit of inconsistent play. 
for the Caps this season so far. But what we can say about them, you know, about the game on Saturday night is they really worked together as a unit uh, and played well. You lose two players, one forward, one one defenseman. You're really juggling it for the rest of the game. I thought our guys did a terrific job, LaViolette added. We put a lot of minutes on guys, and I thought they responded really well. Um, Oshie skated just 1 minute 51 in the first period and appeared to tweak something while working on an early power play. He went directly to the bench and needed help getting down the tunnel. He has also dealt with a myriad of injuries over the last year. The 35-year-old was limited to just 44 games last season due to upper and lower body ailments. He also underwent a procedure in the offseason and dealt with an upper body injury before the start of the 22-23 regular season. Oshie has five points through nine games so far this year. And all we know about Oshie's offseason procedure was a core injury, which I guess is about as vague as you can possibly get. But, you know, Oshie is one of the guys that is a bit prone to the injury bug. It seems like every year he misses some time based on injury. And part of that is because TJ Oshie also, you know, he always plays bigger than he is. You know, don't tell him he's not the biggest guy on the ice because he is going to work just as hard um, as the biggest guys out there and take on some of the biggest guys out there as well. So we hope that whatever the case is with those guys, uh, that they can make a speedy recovery because we don't need to be missing them for any substantial time. A few minutes after Oshie's injury, Carlson went down awkwardly in the corner after trying to steal the puck from Zach Sanford, former cap. We all remember him. He also spent some time with the Blues in the defensive zone. He went into split and got up slowly but finished his shift. He had one more seven-second shift and then went straight down to the dressing room. Number 74 has six points in nine games to open the year. He tied for second on the team in scoring. Although there's no big update from Lavulette, Carlson was part of the post-game locker room celebration and was on his feet and in high spirits. So let's hope, you know, that, you know, we don't need to be out more players because we will really test the depth of this team. What does this mean for the Capitals if Oshie and John Carlson miss some substantial time? This is what I talked about in this podcast to start the season is this could be an opportunity for someone like um, a Connor McMichael to get his big opportunity. You never ultimately hope for injury, of course. But for a guy like Connor McMichael, they kind of hope for, you know, a way into the lineup, however that may be, whether it's injury or inconsistent play with the current roster, this would be a great opportunity for Connor McMichael to get inserted into the lineup. Now, as far as John Carlson is concerned, they might do a call-up, but they also have uh, Matt Irwin, who they keep in the deep freeze. And he's one of those truly interesting guys that he doesn't need a lot of playing time. You can just insert him into the lineup, and it's pretty much flawless plug-and-play, as they say. So I don't know if they would go with Matt Irwin or they would go with a guy down in Hershey that's been playing very well. Um, I guess it remains to be seen. It is a, a bit too early to say this is Sunday afternoon as I'm recording this, so a lot can change between now uh, and Monday evening as they take on the Carolina Hurricanes. But as I record this at 3 p.m. Central on Sunday, that is who is missing from the lineup. So I will keep you updated. So subscribe on YouTube uh, or on the podcatchers out there, Apple and Spotify, and I will post updates uh, if we hear any updates between now and the game 
Monday evening against uh, the Carolina Hurricanes. If John Carlson's good to go, if TJ Oshie, I'll keep you guys updated on that. We are keeping our fingers crossed uh, that we will not be missing the two of them. Because like I talked about, we're already dealing, the Capitals that is, with major injuries in the form of Backstrom, Wilson, and Connor Brown. You don't want to add those two players to be missing substantial time, or you will really uh, test the depth of this team. All right, so after the break here, we will talk about Alexi Protus and uh, how he kind of just had a breakout training camp, but he feels like he's not truly living up to expectation. We'll talk about that next. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. In this episode, we are talking about your victorious Washington Capitals as they take down the Nashville Predators by a score of three to nothing on Saturday evening. In this final segment here, we will talk about Protus, Alexi Protus, and how he knows that he, you know, went into camp and and got the attention of a lot of people and played so well that they couldn't send him down to Hershey. I don't think that ultimately in the beginning of the year, the plan for Alexi Protus was to be on the big team. I know that he was a, a guy that's played up on the big team before in limited capacity, um, but I don't think that, you know, to start the training camp, I don't think that the original plan was for Alexi to be on the big team, but he played so well. He came into this camp. He came into the preseason, a man on a mission to be on the team. And he, he did that. There were some guys that they could have probably gone uh, and picked over him. You could have made the argument that Axel Janssen, Fieldy, or perhaps Brett Leeson, I guess maybe not Brett Leeson. He didn't really show up on the score sheet a whole lot, but you know, you could make the argument that Connor McMichael is a guy out there that is itching for his opportunity. I know that ultimately what, well, you know, his preferred position is center, but I think that, you know, if you ask Connor McMichael, would you be, you know, okay playing wing if it meant you could play every day. And I understand those conversations don't really take place. I don't think that they ask them what they want to do, but I'm just saying that if you were to ask them, um, uh, Connor McMichael in this situation, I think that he would probably say, well, of course, whatever I got to do, I think he would do anything short of strapping on the goalie pads to, to get some game action. And um, so I guess what I'm talking about here is, you know, we hope that, you know, despite all these injuries that, uh, you know, um, you know, maybe this is an opportunity uh, for someone like a Connor McMichael, but Alexi Protus really stood out uh, in the preseason. And he talks here in this story in Washington hockey now how he feels like he's kind of slipped a little bit. I know that he scored a goal here. So but ultimately, he is not too pleased with his production so far. Over the last few games, Alexi Protus has put himself back on the radar for the Washington Capitals, and while he feels he's building on his game and adapting well to the NHL, he's not entirely satisfied with how the season has started for him. After making noise in the preseason and cracking the Capitals' roster, Protus saw things slow down a bit in the start of the season. He went the first six games without points before getting on the score sheet on Monday. Since then, he has put up three points, two goals, one assist in his last three games. So, you know, for Alexi, I know he set the bar high for himself. And what I would tell Alexi is, you're doing a good job. Just be patient. I don't think that there's any real risk of him getting sent down to Hershey. I think that, you know, he's showing up on the score sheet and it's not going to happen always right away. 
Uh, we're starting to see the production. So as long as he can continue with that trajectory, I think he will be okay. I get more confident for sure, but last the last couple games, I'm not happy, Protus said, after scoring in Saturday's win over the Predators. I got to earn the coach's trust every shift. I can't take a shift off. couple games weren't the best, best so we got to keep getting better. And, you know, that's the hope for the entire Capitals roster is to get better because as they stands right now, you know, it's a bit lackluster. I know that this last game here, they kind of really, you know, clamped things down and played a well, you know, a game very well. But ultimately, they need to do that going forward. It's not enough to get, you know, a good a solid win, you know, here and there, you have to do that consistently. There are a few areas where the 21 year old stressed the need for improvement, his physicality when the six foot six forward utilizes his frame and wingspan, he can win pucks and be hard to get past as well. And that was the scoring of Protus in the game against the Predators where he was net front and his huge wingspan made it impossible for Saros to stop the goal. And, um, you know, that's what I'm talking about. His big size, he used it to his advantage. And uh, that's what that's part of the reason why he's playing on this team right now is because of that big frame. Capitals like those big guys out on the ice. You know, you take a look at Beck Malenstein, you take a look at Alexi Protus, you take a look at Anthony Mantha. Those are the big guys that you're not going to be able to move around uh, very easily. Protus is currently skating on the third line wing alongside Mantha and Lars Eller, and he finds himself moving around with TJ Oshie, now injured again, though it's unclear if he'll be out long-term, along with Nick Backstrom, Tom Wilson, Carl Hagelin, Connor Brown, and potentially John Carlson. The Belarus native has shown his versatile player and he can fit anywhere. And he also knows what it takes to make an impact at the NHL level. And he knows that because he fought to get on this team. Like I talked about in the beginning of the segment here, I don't believe that he was slated to be on the big team this year. I think that he was going to be play preseason, I think, and then ultimately get sent down just like the other long list of players. But he played so well that it made it hard for them. It made it impossible for them to send him down to Hershey. I describe myself like a player who can play everywhere. The coach wants me to play on the wing. I'll play on the wing center. Proto said, if I will need to help the team on the PK, I'll do that. Like on the power play, it doesn't matter for me. I'll do whatever the coaches tell me to do. It doesn't matter for me where I'll play. I'll play anywhere. Again, and that was the uh, anecdote that I was make talking about Connor McMichael. These young players aren't hung up on the fact that they're not playing in the position that they want to play. They'll play wherever you want. Just put me in, coach. I want to play. Um, and I guess to a certain extent, sometimes you run into that with some more of the older veteran players, where I think that ultimately they will uh, play wherever you want as well. I just think they might grumble and make a little bit more noise about it. You know, do you know who I am and what positions I've played throughout my career? Uh, you don't get that baggage with a young player as much. Um, so good for uh, Lexi Protus. And, you know, hopefully, like I said, I hope that, of course, that TJ Oshie is not out for an extended period of time. I hope the same for John Carlson. But it does present an opportunity for a depth player that played in the preseason that got sent down. You know, could this be uh, an opportunity for a guy like a Sonny Milano? Or is this going to be an opportunity for a Connor McMichael? Um, all signs kind of tend to point to the fact that Sonny Milano is just kind of waiting for his opportunity to get inserted into this lineup. Um, kind of a depth player, you know, a guy 
um, that was drafted high and kind of, you know, they got him on the cheap. I want to say $775,000. So a really good find for the Capitals. Um, and, you know, if, again, he's probably going to get inserted here at some point. Say Oshie or someone else misses some substantial amount of time, you're going to see a Sonny Milano or a Connor McMichael or a Joe Snively in there as well. But uh, just to kind of, you know, broaden the lens here a little bit about Connor McMichael and Joe Snively, which I've spoke of in this podcast, they need to get playing time or they should get sent down to Hershey. You got to put aside your ego. You got to put a, set aside anything else and just say for the development of the player, I, they would be best served in Hershey if they're not going to play on the big team because, you know, you're getting real world reps in Hershey where you're not getting those up on the big team. You're going to get the pregame skate. You're going to get the practices, you know, at MedStar Ice Complex, but that is not the same as the real world experience on the ice with other NHL players and big NHL teams. Um, so it was a bit of a curious move in the first place to have Connor McMichael on this team. Anyway, I'm not entirely sure why they did that. If they kind of knew they weren't going to have a spot for him, you think that they would almost have signed some snarled old veteran that, you know, I hate to, to, to use that term, but, you know, someone like Matt Irwin that understands their role on the team. They understand that they're not going to play all the time and they're okay with that. But those are generally players that have been in the league for some time and they've kind of just settled and they understand that that is their role on the team. Connor McMichael is not that player. He is a top tier uh, center for the Washington Capitals who they have very high hopes for and nothing will stunt or stymie his growth than spending the lion's share of the season up in the press box. Um, same thing could be say, said for Joe Snively. So I think that ultimately Sonny Milano fits that bill a little bit more for me. He is a bit more of that grizzled veteran who kind of understands his role. Listen, he was on a PTO and got released. So he kind of understands he can see the football field in front of him. He knows where he sits in the NHL, right? So I think for a guy like Sonny Milano, he would be a better fit on this big team. You know, if we're looking for one of those depth players, I know that Connor McMichael, you know, I, I don't know if it's they're kind of worried about his feelings or what the case is, but I think that ultimately there's not a spot for him on this team right now. Some people would say he would be better suited than Lars Eller. Um, okay, and I hear that argument as well because we all know that Lars Eller kind of had one foot out the door. Everyone dismissed him as playing his last season on the Capitals, and then guess what happened? We found out that Nick Backstrom had that hip resurfacing procedure, and that really kind of breathed new life into Lars Eller's career on the Washington Capitals. That being said, you know, if you want to start taking a look at stats and that kind of thing, and you want to take a look at Peter Laviolette and, you know, historically how he makes his decisions, generally speaking, he goes for the veteran over the rookie. They're a proven commodity. You know what you have on the ice, game in and game out. A guy like Connor McMichael is a bit of a wild card. You know how he's played in juniors. You know how he's played, you know, in college and Hershey and wherever he's played before. But we don't have, a, you know, a large sample size of him on the big team, you know. Um, and, you know, at the beginning of last season, you know, he kind of jumped off on the page and he made a big impact. But then he it, that waned. Same thing with Hendricks LaPierre. Um, so I think for me, what the Capitals should do, I think that Sonny Milano would be a better option because he is settled into the fact he understands what role he has in the NHL. You know, his days of being a top player in, on, a, on an NHL team are probably behind him. But, you know, there is also the opportunity that he could be 
a really great player. If we want to take a look back on Conley when he played on this team, they picked him up as just kind of a prove me deal. And if you remember his season on the Capitals, where you know I want to say it was his first season on the Capitals, he played lights out. He, you know, and everyone was like, where did they find this diamond in the rough? So I'm not saying I'm not dismissing Sonny Milano as being a nothing. Um, I would love nothing more for him to be one of the future stars of the Capitals, but I'm just saying based on the information and what I see in front of me, I think that Sonny Milano is going to be a guy that would be better served is to be that healthy scratch. Um, A guy that is going to be, if there is an injury, insert him into the lineup. What I don't want to see, and it seems an issue that Peter Laviolette is skirting a little bit. You know, they asked him about it. What is the long-term plan for Connor McMichael? Is there a plan to send him down to Hershey? He said there is no plan to send him down to Hershey, and I don't think that he would let the press in on that anyway. He would tell the player before he would tell the press. I understand it's the press's job to ask these questions. That's what they get paid for. Um, but, you know, I uh, for me, that's what I would do right now. Sonny Milano on the big team if Oshie misses some time. Um, and then you you could put Connor McMichael back down to Hershey. That just seems like such a no-brainer for me, you know, unless, for example, there's more injuries and there seems to be an obvious place where Connor McMichael could fit in, but there's not a lot of center positions on the team. Who are you going to take out? Are you going to take out Strom? Are you going to take out Kuznetsov? Are you going to take out Lars Eller? Who are you going to take out of this lineup to insert him in? That That's the hard reality for Connor McMichael um, is that there's no real spot for him right now. This is a team that's coming up against a rebuild at some point. And, you know, if they take a nosedive into the concrete, it might come sooner than we think. Everything that I've heard from all the beat writers and went talking to and reading up on stuff online and wherever, doing my research on these shows, is that there was certain promises made to Alex Ovechkin that he will play on a competitive team. So for me, from what the data that I've gathered and the things that I've had conversations with with different people in the Capitals organization is that there's not going to be a major rebuild until after Ovechkin. Again, a lot of that could change uh, if this team does nosedive. But what I'm saying right now is that these players, I'm tying this all back into Connor McMichael, is that those guys have to be patient. Their opportunity might not come for a couple of years Um, But unless they want to leave for quote unquote greener pastures and get playing time on another team, they're going to have to be patient and, you know, get their reps down in Hershey if that's what's called upon. The, The young players that get integrated into this team, that pace is very slow. You know, um, uh, Martin Faravari is the first player in quite some time that has actually worked up from Hershey into the Washington Capitals and has maintained a spot on this team. So for someone like Connor McMichael to find that spot, I'm just not sure it's for him right now. But, you know, my big takeaway from this game is we're hoping from for nothing but the best for John Carlson and TJ Oshie. And let's just be happy the Capitals got a big win, a three to nothing win over the Nashville Predators. It's a pretty good feeling. It's a good feeling in the regard uh, that Darcy Kemper is as advertised, like I kind of always knew. Um And let's hope that he can avoid the injury bug because we do know that he has had a lengthy stint uh, on on the injured list as well. So hopefully he can stay healthy. And if not, you know, we do have a viable option in the form of Charlie Lindgren. Thank you for making Locked On Capitals your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So once again, thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. 
My name is Dan Holney, and I'll talk to you again next time.